The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. Hey, hope you had a great weekend. And by God's grace, we'll have some good calls and hopefully good conversations. So may the Lord bless you and bless them and the callers. And if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Today is, uh, let's see, December 18th, 2023 for the podcasters. All right. And for the people who like to listen. So there you go. All right, just checking stuff out. We have nobody. Let's see. Yep, nobody waiting right now. Now, just so you know, uh, I'll be off. Um, no radio. I'll give the dates. We're just going to take uh, you know Thursday, Friday off, and then Monday, Tuesday off. So I have a one, two, three, four, five, six days off, and uh, so we'll be on today, full hour today, and uh, also tomorrow and Wednesday. So if you have comments or questions and you want to. Give me a call. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right. If you want, you can also email me. All you have to do is uh, just email me at info at carm.org. Info at carm.org. And uh, just put in the comments there. Put uh, radio comments or radio question or something like that. And uh, I can get to them. And uh, since it's so close to Christmas and people are out shopping, it often is the case that we don't uh, don't get that many calls. That's okay. Let's get to some uh, let's get some emails. Which resources would you recommend to refute the notion of single predestination? Thank God for all that you do. Um, well, I would go to uh, let's see Romans nine uh, nine through twenty three. And also Proverbs sixteen four. Now, single predestination is the view that God only predestines uh, the elect into salvation. Double predestination is that He predestines the non-elect to go to hell. And so, it's a debated topic within the Christian faith because there certainly is evidence that God predestines individuals. I mean, that's just how it is, and I know people don't like it. Because God is the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Caucasian surfer dude dressed in a woman's nightgown, and uh, he wants everyone to be saved, and, and so he wouldn't predestine people because that's what they've been taught. And they don't understand biblical theology. Sorry, they don't. But uh, so there's that. And um, we have the verses uh, that seem to suggest that God has ordained certain people for damnation. And those can be found in Romans nine twenty two and twenty three, which I'll just go ahead and read, because it's just you know I'm just saying this is some of the stuff that is used for that reason. And if you want to be dismissive of it, you can. But uh, what does the scripture say? I'm not saying I affirm or deny either one of those positions. I'm just saying, well, these are the uh, the verses used. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. So these two verses, Romans nine twenty-two and 23, are pretty strong 
in the issue of double predestination and God predestined some to heaven and some to hell and then you can go to uh, Proverbs uh, 16 4 the Lord has made everything for its own purpose even the wicked for the day of evil so there you go there's some stuff right there for those some of the resources now there are comments about uh, this kind of stuff uh, will God ever do that kind of a thing and Romans 9 people say no it's about nation groups not individuals and that doesn't work if you read the context so uh, there let's just say that there are there are arguments for and against but I'm just saying those are the verses used in fact I got another set that might be uh, might be interesting for truly, this is excuse me, Acts four twenty seven twenty eight. For truly, in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate. Those are individuals, with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Those are people groups, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. So he predestined people to do bad things, and. Uh, this is theology. Does it mean that God himself caused it? No, because predestination uh, can be of things as well as people. God ordains whatsoever shall come to pass. A lot of people don't don't like this. They, they just don't like it. They prefer the simplicity of it's all up to you and your free will, and uh, all you got to do is just uh, give somebody the right answers, and they will believe the truth. It's just of their free will. That's uh, sorry, but that's that's not a very good theological position to hold, and that doesn't work uh, biblically. That's another topic too. So there you go, and uh, there's that question right there. All right, let me get rid of that one. Let's get to Catherine from British Columbia. Welcome, Catherine. You're on the air. Well, hello. Um, thank hello. you. Um, uh, it's interesting that you're um, talking about Romans 9, because, um, well, I'm yeah. calling it quite a question about my brother. And uh, he, my father was actually went to theological college. Okay. I didn't know this until I was 25, and I, um, I, I became a Christian just by hearing that it was 1983 and hearing it, that was the year of the Bible. So I started to read the Bible, and I I knew it was true. Called my father and mother over, and my father, Good. I didn't know that he knew the Bible. I didn't know he'd gone to theological college because he ended up being a teacher. And he destroyed my whole, like he, he just pulled the rug out from under my feet using Romans 9 and saying that he was just a vessel created for destruction. And I also used Numbers 31 saying, you know, God is a pimp and a, a murderer or something. I don't know. He was going on about this. Anyway, yeah, he was, Romans 9 was what destro destroyed his faith, I believe. Um, and now my brother, so this is my question. Uh, my brother, I thought, was a Christian. And he asked me if I would go with him to do A Course in Miracles. And I was like, what is oh, this? And he said, oh, it ha it's, got about, it's about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God and everything. And so I looked up um, a book mm -hmm. about somebody who had believed in it and then came out of it and believed in Jesus. And I sent some screenshots of that to him, and I said, is, can you confirm this is what you believe? And he said, yes. And I, and I thought to myself privately, if you can confirm that, and 
and you actually agree with it, then there's no way, because it's so clear that it was against Christianity. It was just so clear. So I don't know how to... I don't know if I should get involved. He wants me to go through the course with him. Don't do and it. And I don't know. No, yeah, because I don't want to get sucked into that stuff. It's yeah. a cult. It's so a I don't know cult. how to handle it. it. I don't know. I just don't know what to say to him. Like, I don't know how to... Okay. Well, like, the uh, Course in Miracles was was uh, delivered by uh, spirit contacts from the occult through individuals right. who then wrote it down. Okay, so it's an occultic, uh, ultimately satanic uh, theological perspective. It's a religion that, that's really bad. It's new agey-ish with uh, seances, with uh, contact with the dead. Uh, you know, it, it's demonic. All right, so don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Stay away from well, it. You just refuse. And, and you know, the thing is, it's like conversations with God in a way. And I, my father... That's bad, too. I didn't even know this. My brother told me that my father was the head of the BC chapter of Conversations with God, which also mm -hmm. blew me away, because, of course, my dad knows I'm a Christian. He's not going to tell me that. So is, is there a family thing where, like, you just... Is it a generational... Is there some generational yeah, well, curse or spirit that well, would get my brother yes. involved in the same kind of thing? Yes and no. There can be generational curses and, and spirits attached to families, but it could also be because they're teaching false things and the children learn false things. So, um, yeah, the Course in Miracles is bad and the conversations with God is bad. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, there's a lot of false st stuff out there. There's a lot of false doctrines out there. And the, in order to beat this, you just know that God's a trinity. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. He's both God and man. He died on the cross, rose from the dead in the same body he died in. He's the only way to salvation. And that we're saved by the grace of God through faith alone in Christ alone and not with any works or any ceremonies, including baptism or, or communion, that we're justified by faith. If you just believe all that yeah. and then you get that memorized, that's all. Everything else, if it doesn't fit any aspect of that, is false. That's just yeah, that simple. That, that okay. seems so clear to me. But mm -hmm. he, he's getting into this trying to get rid of his ego or something. Yeah, it's you just a, I mean? it's a, it's like, it's a cult, all cult stuff, yeah. It's Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Buddhism, you know, and, uh, and Confucianism and varying forms of Eastern mysticism where you want to come in contact with the divine consciousness, which is either yourself or God and the universe are one and the thing, one and the same thing. And then you want to contact this with your inner divine self. Or if you're not an inner divine self, depending which religious system it is, uh, you you uh, recite prayers and or words and or you use objects and crystals and things like this in order to um, increase the communication and frequency development and harmony uh, with uh, things out there, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, just it, it's the same kind of stuff, and there's just variations of it. Mm -hmm. So your your relatives there are in uh, in the occult. And they're being very, very deceived by demonic forces. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I just, I, I guess I'll just go in there, and you know, we're going to be doing a Zoom call, and I guess I'll just tell him basically what you said. I'll write it all down, and I'll say this is what it is, and see what he says. It's, it's just say I, you're in contact with demonic it's... forces, and you're being deceived, and I want nothing to do with it. 
And I, you know, tell them you're you're caught with demonic forces. You are deceived by demonic forces. Jesus Christ rose from the dead after three days. Nobody in your group has done that. And that proves that what Jesus says is right. And he says, no one comes to the Father but by me. So you have to go, oh, we believe in Jesus. The Course of Miracles, we believe in Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus is the ethereal presence and incarnation of this or that. And it's just, yeah, you know, don't trust what he has to say about Course of Miracles. Yeah, cult. he actually told me that he was, because he, he was a Christian, he was reading his Bible, and he actually told me when that at first he was a bit afraid because it says in the Bible, you know, that there are many false Christs. You know, saying I'm here and I'm there, and and so he was a little bit worried about getting into it. But then when he he explored it and he found, oh, it's really not that bad. You know what I mean? So he he got sucked into it slowly, and that's kind of why I don't want to, yeah, mm-hmm. go he into it with him. But gee, I, I I care about him. I don't want him. I want to. You pray. I want. I don't want to blow it. I want him to you come pray. out of it, no, but no, I no. don't know how to do no. it. You can't. Okay, I can tell from what you're saying, you're not really grounded. You're not really sure about a lot of things. My advice to you is stay as far away from that as you can. You get grounded in the Christian faith. You understand what the Christian faith is, and you pray for his salvation. I have to also ask or or, uh, tell you that if you do that, uh, that there's you know the possibility that uh, your life might get a little bit uncomfortable uh, because you're praying against Mm -hmm. demonic forces, and they won't like that. Oh yeah, I've rebuked those forces. I've come against. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. People do that. They rebuke forces. Well, hold on. Don't address and don't pray to demonic forces and rebuke them. Don't do that. Oh, okay. Okay, we got a break. Let me explain why that's bad. And a lot of people do it. A lot of people in Christianity pray to the devil as they rebuke him, and that's not good. So hold on, and we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. If the producer will reactivate Catherine and get her on here. And uh, I'm waiting. There we go. Let's get to Catherine. Okay, you still there? Oh, yeah, still here. All right, yeah, I've so... I've never heard that about not rebuking... Everybody's no, 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 I didn't say that. Them, so I no, I said, no, I said, don't pray to demonic forces. You can rebuke them by by praying to Jesus, asking Jesus okay, to deal good. with them and Jesus to rebuke them. You can do it that way. Good. Don't pray to okay. demonic forces. Don't pray to the devil. Devil back on you. Blah, blah, blah. Don't do well, that. It's not, well, what if? What about not praying to them but speaking to them? Is there a difference? Don't like I rebuke speak you. Speak to them, okay. Satan. Don't you're you're praying to them by doing that. That's a prayer. That? Oh, don't. Oh, I did not do know that. that. Okay. Okay. Don't do okay, that. Don't pr- <laughs> don't pray to demonic forces. Don't speak to them. If they're in front of you, manifested, that's different. But don't oh, okay. pray to them. That's praying to them. And so okay, many Christians are taught that by by ill-informed, ignorant ministers in the pulpit. You know, you can abuse oh You talk to the devil. You just tell them. No, you, never does it say that in the Bible. Never. Too many people just don't believe the Bible. Okay? 
So if you want to rebuke the enemy, do you know what you do is you say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. There is a problem here, and you list it out, and he already knows, but you do that, and you say, Lord, would you please rebuke the enemy? Would you please stop him from whatever it is? That's what you do. Oh, okay. Good. Okay? All I'll right, now, do that. Yeah, so Michael the archangel was in direct contact with the enemy, and he was talking to the devil, and he said, the Lord rebuke you. Okay. So that's what you got to do, all right? You mm-hmm. don't pray to demonic forces. Don't address them. You talk to okay. Jesus. Thank you. Okay? All right. Okay, well, good. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye. You're welcome very much. God bless. All right. Hey, we have uh, three open lines if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276. Prashant. Hey, buddy. Hey, man, is this your first time calling? No, I think it might be my second or third time, but um, right. it, it, it's, been a, it's been too long, Matt. Um, uh, hope you're doing well, brother. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a question regarding regarding Tucker. So Tucker Carlson, uh, who uh, has also spoken to David Grush um, recently, he launched his own like, Twitter show. Um, uh, Interviewed so, who? Launched his own like on Twitter, Tucker Carlson. I know. Interviewed who? D- David Grush, some time ago. Oh. David Grush, Grush was um, okay. also went through the con- uh, congressional te- uh, testimony, yeah. where um, he's UFOs. Uh, at least in this in this past year, has been the highest profile um, government uh, agent that has come. Um, the forefront with, with respect to the, the UFO issue. Mm-hmm. And this is from five days ago. And Tucker Carlson says that there are things that I have been told now that are um, it's so dark that I can't even talk to my wife about them. And that there's, that there's an essential spiritual component to this whole UFO phenomenon. So I was, I was just wondering, I was, I was wanting to get your thoughts on this matter. I haven't heard the interview, but I'm going to have to listen to it. So, um, here's the... I can show uh, the link in the room chat in in Clubhouse. Sure. Um, Yeah, it's fine. Absolutely worth worth a listen. But the the, the whole idea behind now this is becoming so mainstream that there's an essential spiritual component Mm -hmm. to this UFO phenomenon. That's what I wanted to pick your brain on. Yes, there is. Uh, Now, this is just an... uh, generic overview but life can't form by chance any place in the universe mathematically it does not uh, work it's impossible it, it it exceeds the universal probability bound by an exponential uh, you know of the thousands in exponent it's just not going to happen so what are these things well um, they're definitely spiritual uh, if you go to khouse.org the letter k the word house quinaniahouse.org and chuck missler has got some research with others on the spiritual aspect of of the UFOs and a lot of people don't know that they teach theology uh, being uh, that we're all divine Jesus is not God reincarnation is true and so they're theologically minded they're also involved the UFOs and stuff are involved uh, with uh, hyper torturous sexual things with the victims among other things and people are traumatized. Also, uh, there's uh, apparently only one Christian 
who's ever been abducted was a woman who gave permission. And that's documented in uh, some of, of Missler's writings. And also, um, Christians generally don't, they don't uh, get, get abducted. And when unbelievers cry out to Jesus, they, uh, they're delivered. They, they're back in their house. Something is going on. Well, what are these things? Well, another aspect of this is that there are physical phenomena. They are seen on radar. They're detected. There's uh, impressions in ground. There's radiation remnants left in areas where the, these, these craft land. There are people who physical, physically have touched them. Uh, GIs in the military um, and officers have witnessed them. Uh, you can go to the web and look up the uh, 1980s UFO encounter of the American uh, military base in England. And it's one of the best uh, documented. It's really fascinating. Uh, and I mean, these things are real. The question is, what are they? My opinion is that they're demonic manifestations, probably Nalim, that have been working uh, and doing stuff uh, in order to foment a humongous deception that's coming. And uh, that's what I think. Okay. Oh, I definitely appreciate that. And, and thank you for bringing up the Nephilim as well, which is big. <clears throat> if, if, you, if, if it's okay, if I can ask one more sure. question regarding specifically the, the Nephilim. Uh-huh. I do not find anywhere in Scripture that it, it's, it is specified that, that the angels have gendered. And the demons the are have done what? a subset have genders. Have genders? It doesn't say they have genders. No. Exactly. Then that, that's that's my point. So when um, I was wanting to ask what your opinion was on what is the exact nature of the Nephilim, and oh, they're, they're the offspring, when? they're the offspring of fallen angels and women. And you don't have to have a gender. Okay, angels are incredibly powerful and different than we are. You know, one of them killed one hundred, one hundred forty, one hundred eighty thousand people in one night. They can learn languages. They, they're mul- multiple languages. Uh, they can travel great distances very quickly. So there are a different level of existence than we are. And um, if you go to, for example, in Genesis chapter 6, it says that the Nephilim were alive in those days. And then verse 6, or excuse me, verse 9, these are the records of the generations of Noah, a righteous man, blameless in all his generations. All his ancestry is pure. So... um, it looks like that what was going on is that after Adam and Eve were born, the fallen ones uh, sought the women and had relations because he can manifest in human form. And we can, because the Bible says we can, you know, there's angels who walk around. We can't even tell they're not people. So they have this ability. Now we've got a break coming up and I'll, I'll expand some more on some stuff and show you some more stuff. Hey, folks, please be uh, <laughs> entertained. And we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Better do? Oh, that's right. They had to step away from the... There we go. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Prashant, you still there? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I, I, I think we wrapped up here pretty neatly. So, uh, Sorry, what? I'm sorry, I couldn't I hear think, you. I think we wrapped it up pretty neatly. Uh, thank you for, for your insight. Well, there's more info, though. I'm going to show you some some more stuff in the Bible, though. 
if you, if you want to hang on. Oh, I would love okay. to. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, the uh, the angels can appear as, as men, and you can't even tell the difference. This means sweat, eyelashes, hair follicles, everything. So the detail of their capability is incredible. Now, people say, well, they have to be have a gender in order to... No, they don't. If they can manifest hair, they can manifest genitalia. Now, can they fertilize an egg? Well, we don't know how that works. But the Jews always believed that the Nephilim were the offspring between the fallen angels and women, and the Christian church affirmed that also until about the 500s when it became ridiculed. And then the other, uh, the Sethite theory was introduced. So I'm of the opinion that it's uh, the um, the Nephilim of the offspring, the half-breeds. And one of the clues is Genesis 6-9. You know, he was pure, Noah was pure in his generations, his ancestry. That's a significant comment. Now, when you go to Daniel chapter 2 also, and we'll talk about this, and we'll go to Matthew 24. Uh, in Daniel 2, um, wow, you know, I do this every now and then, and then I forget exactly where it is. There it is. Okay. So, Daniel 2 is the vision of the future, given to Daniel with the uh, statue, Nebuchadnezzar's statue is there, excuse me, and um, uh, it, it, the top is gold, and then, you know, it turns to silver, then iron, or uh, iron. bronze, and then iron. Bronze. And the iron and the clay are mixed, and some think that's the last days. But at any rate, Daniel 2.43, and in this, you saw the iron mixed with the common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men, or with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another. If they are combining uh, with one another in the seed of men, they are not people. You see? They will combine with the seed of men. That means there's a different object. So something else is going on. And it looks as though this uh, prophecy is about the end times. Now, when you go to Matthew 24, uh, 30, 37, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching here, so I don't know if you want to hang on or not, but uh, it's up to you. But, yeah, um, absolutely. All right. I'm all yours. So I'm gonna, okay, so I'm going to just put some stuff together that might shake people up. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to read the text, but I want to tell people beforehand, if you've heard me say this before, if you've listened for a while, but for the newbies, when it says two men in the field, one is taken, one is left, that is not the rapture. The rapture is talked about in a different place. This is not the rapture. This is about the wicked who are taken. And this is important, and I'll explain why in a second. So I have Matthew 24 uh, up on my screen, along with Luke 17 up on my screen. And it says, uh, for the, and uh, basically what I do is I, I just show the parallels. I teach people this. I say, this is what it says in both of them. It's not exact word of e evening uh, equality, but uh, it's good enough. They're very, very similar. As it was in days of Noah, so shall it be the days of the coming of the Son of Man, for they were eating, they were drinking, they were giving in marriage till the day that Noah entered the ark, and a flood came and took them all away, is what Matthew 24 says. But Luke 17 says the flood came and destroyed them all. So the ones who were taken are the ones who were destroyed, and the ones who were destroyed are the ones who were giving in marriage, etc. That's what and living it. They're wicked. And in Luke 17, they asked Jesus, where are they taken? And he answers the question. He says, where the body is, the vultures gather. 
Now, this is really fascinating because if you go to if you go to First Thessalonians four sixteen through chapter five verse two, it says, "For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we shall be caught up together and meet Him in the air. We shall always be with Him in the air." Now, um, as to the, and he goes on and says, "You know, therefore comfort one another." As to the times and the epics, brethren, you have no need of anyone to teach you, for the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So that day of the Lord come like a thief on the night is the rapture, the return of Christ. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the the the, 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 resurrect, the people who died in the faith are going to be resurrected first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. So that's the rapture. So the rapture occurs... But it says it's concomitant with the day of the Lord that comes like a thief in the night. When you go to Second Peter three, nine, it says something. First uh, ten, excuse me. I'll read it to you, and I'll get I'm put this together. I'm trying to do it quickly so that all these ideas are still in their head. Uh, the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. So the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night is the rapture. The day of the Lord comes like a thief is the new heavens and new earth. They're almost identical phrases. And this is the only two places in the entire Bible where these phrases are used. The day of the Lord comes like a thief. And they're described in the same day. The rapture, the return of Christ, and the new heavens and new earth. This is significant. Now, if you go to Matthew 13, oh, excuse me, I'll do this, uh, Matthew 12, 22 through 32, it talks about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says in that pericope that the Holy Spirit must first be, I mean, the uh, devil, excuse me, must first be bound before you can cast out demonic forces. He was casting out demonic forces, so therefore the Holy Spirit's bound. That's the logical, that's logical conclusion necessary for right there. And so if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you won't be saved, you can't be saved, etc. So, um, and uh, he, Jesus says, whoever speaks the word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, uh, but whoever speaks against uh, oh, son, of, son of man shall be forgiven, but against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. There's only two ages, this age and the age to come. This is significant. I'm putting all this together because Jesus says that the ones who are taken two men in the field, one is taken, one is left, are the wicked. They're taken to a place of destruction. And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit won't be forgiven in this age or the age to come. Now what I'm going to do is go to Matthew 13. Because in Matthew 13, there's the parable of the wheat and the tares. Starting at verse 24, the kingdom of heaven, heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. And then we know the rest of it the enemy sowed bad stuff, and they said, should we tear it up? The tares, he said in verse 30, allow both to grow until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into the barn. So the first ones gathered are the wicked. Now remember, Jesus says, two men will be in the field, one is taken, one is left. And it's the wicked who are taken. And they're taken to a place of destruction. And Jesus says here, Matthew 13, Allow both to go together till the end of the, uh, the uh, he says, till the harvest. First gather the tares. Jesus then interprets the parable in verse 40 of Matthew 13. Just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. 
So remember, he said there's two ages, this age and the age to come. At the end of this age is when the rapture occurs, is also when the new heavens, new earth are made, is when the wicked are taken out of his kingdom. Because that's what he says in verse 41. The Son of Man will send forth his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. This means we're in the kingdom of God now. The Nephilim are invading the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. The same kind of a thing is going to be going on back then to back to now. The invasion by the enemy, the demonic forces, both spiritual and physical, into our world, who are going to be dealt with in the final day, at the end of the age. They are being raised up, probably, to uh, foment a humongous deception upon the world. And Jesus says, if those days be not cut short, no flesh will be left. I believe that the demonic forces that are going to be at work want to destroy mankind because Satan in Genesis 3 said to Eve, no, you're not going to die. He contradicted what God said to, to Adam in Genesis 2.17, the day that you eat of the fruit, you will die. And Satan comes along saying, you're not going to die. But yet, the wages of his death, Romans 6.23, and the devil seeks you know, whom he can devour. He's like a lion. He wants to kill, wants to destroy. So what's going to be happening, I believe, is the end of the world will come at the last minute when the demonic forces, physical and or spiritual, are working to bring mankind to its self-destruction. And that Christ is going to come back and stop it at the last moment and take out of his kingdom the wicked, which means just like the wicked were taken out of the world through the flood, it'll happen again later on. And that's what Jesus says in Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 13, 30 through 40. Okay? Interesting? A lot of stuff. Absolutely, sir. Okay. I can't even wrap my head around this entirely, <laughs> oh, but I'm to listen to it. Hey, there's a break. We had to go, buddy. <laughs> So God bless. We'll talk to you later. Hey, folks, that was, uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. I just want to let you know that we're having a matching uh, funds drive, match end-of-year matching funds drive. Whatever you donate to the ministry will be doubled. Uh, praise God for that. And if you want to support us, all you got to do is go to carm.org forward slash donate. C-A-R-M, carm.org forward slash donate. Easy to do. It's all you got to do. And uh, we ask $5 a month, $10 a month, or a one-time gift. doesn't matter. And if you'd be so kind to do that, we do need it. And we would really appreciate it. Let's get to Paul from Hebrew. I mean, <laughs> from Virginia. Hey, Sorry, Matt. Paul. Go ahead. What's uh, up, man? That's okay. How are you doing? Doing all right. Just doing radio, uh, drinking coffee. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh... I, I still can't get into the clubhouse, but I thought this question might be appropriate for um, okay. everyone. So, when I, I was in Israel for a while and um, uh, had a great time, met a lot of wonderful people, but I also met a lot of people that were, well, I, I didn't know how to deal with them. They um, were professing to be Christians, but they had a lot of strange customs. They were the men were wearing tzitzis and 
you know, all they want to talk about is the Torah and being object, uh, being observant of that, and uh, keeping the feast days, and and um, I, I really I met some some of the guys. I met a guy from the UK that was just a really kind, good, genuine gentleman, and he was trying his best to get me involved in a group he was with. And uh, this guy, uh, his name is uh, Joe Dumond. And I've watched hours of his stuff, and the things I saw were really alarming. They seem to deny the Trinity, and uh, obedience is necessary for salvation, blah, 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 on and on and on. And it's he puts all this emphasis on the moons. And I, I ended up calling him Blood Moon Joe. But um, <laughs> so I had to do a lot of digging when I came back, and it really seems to me like this is the fastest growing cult there is and uh, i know it goes under the hebrew roots and i found a few resources but not enough i, I searched on karm and i couldn't find anything what what do you know about them it's uh it's a bad group uh, for the most part there are it's an umbrella name for a lot of subgroups, but generally what it means is the the Hebrew roots want people want you to observe Old Testament laws, feasts, and things like that. Keep the law of the Old Testament, uh, and there are different groups that have different levels of law keeping. The question then becomes: Is the law keeping for the purpose of being saved? If they say yes, it's a cult. If they say no, then it's just um, a group that wants to uh, be Jewish in its practices. If it wants to just be Jewish in his practices, but still affirms the Trinity, the deity of Christ, because some of them don't affirm the Trinity, and if it does affirm the Trinity, the deity of Christ, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, then they're within the Christian orthodoxy. They're just uh, enamored with uh, Old Testament Jewish practices. So it just depends on which kind of a group it is. This is why when you talk to them, you have to ask them very specific questions. Do you have to keep the law in order to have your sins forgiven by God? That's it. Mm -hmm. And what do they say? If they say, well, you see, that's not good. The answer is yes or no. That's how it works. Whenever you ask a direct question like that, which is clear in Scripture, um, then... uh, uh, then all you got to do is is just be very very specific, okay? And and you got to find out so you know which kind of group you're talking to, okay? Very helpful. Another thing I noticed about this particular group, and I've seen it in some of the other ones that I've come across, is their insistence, their adamant insistence on uh, never calling our Lord uh, Jesus. They also say Stupid. Lord is uh, another name for Baal. And they have all kinds yeah, they, of names for God, like uh, Yahushaphat Yehu- or Yahushua or something yeah. like that. And uh-huh. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's stupid. So, um, Lord is in Greek is kurios, and it just means Lord. Okay, right. And uh, that's all it is. And what these guys are doing is just making a mountain out of a out of molehill in their self righteous ignorance. Now, if you go to Matthew one twenty one, it says, "She shall, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." In the Greek, it's Jesus. That's how you pronounce it, Jesus. Okay, right. His name. So that's what is, we're told. That's why I talked to the uh, Hebrew Israelite people and others who have, you know sacred name cult groups and things like this. I'll say, "So what's his name?" And they go, "Oh, it's it's Yeshua," you know, or whatever they say. They have different pronunciations. And I say, "So 
but why is it that uh, we're told to use his, the Greek name here in the Greek? Okay, and they'll say, well, that's because it was written in Greek, not Aramaic. And I say, yes, that's right, it was written in Greek, and in Greek that's what we're told to do. And they'll say, but it's not original, it's Aramaic that's the original. I'll say, how do you know? Where's the evidence for the Aramaic is being the first thing that was written? Because if it's written in Aramaic, the New Testament was written in Aramaic, then the diaspora is kind of meaningless. The diaspora is the time when the Romans came in and attacked Israel around 70 AD. And the persecution was already going under Nero's persecution of, the, of the, the Jews and the Christians as they were going. And so what happened was that the Christians fled throughout the Mediterranean area. This is important because historically speaking about 300 years earlier alexander the great had come through the whole mediterranean area and conquered and he made greek the national language it was the lingua franca so you had to speak greek and or another language because that was the universal language just like english so far still is the lingua franca in, a, in the world it used to be french mm. but now it's it's english okay so if God wants the gospel to go out, he's not going to have it written in Aramaic because like eight people would speak Aramaic, if you get my drift. Uh, at that time, maybe a lot more, but, but you get the idea, where millions would be speaking Greek. So which language is it going to be written in? In Greek. So that's what we have. And I'd say to them, so you're telling me then that all of the instances of the New Testament writing in Greek are all wrong? when it says his name is Jesus. In fact, in Greek, the name of Jesus is used 914 times in the New Testament. That's why I ask him, are all the occurrences wrong of all the Greek manuscripts? Is that what you're saying? These guys, they're lame. They're just lame, all right? Mm. Matt, that's very, very helpful, uh, and I, that was actually going to be my next question is because they uh, try to uh, say that it was originally written in Aramaic, so I was wondering um, how can that be debunked? Did they, what sources? Well, don't I, debunk I can't it. find any sources. Don't, no, don't debunk it. Then it puts it upon you to f go through historically and look in the topic called historicity and manuscript evidence to do all the research. You can't okay. do that. I can't even do that. And so what I used to say to them is, show me the manuscripts that are in the Aramaic, that are early. Show them Fan to me. Yeah. That's Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, in addition mm -hmm. to the question that I need to ask about, is observing the Torah necessary for salvation? What other questions could you pose to them to give them an opportunity to really think about uh, the path that they're on? Well, what I would ask them is, um, do you believe the New Testament? Because if they don't believe the yeah. New Testament, obviously it's a cult. Then it's a different topic. If they say yes, okay, then how are, are we justified? This is why I teach people it's necessary to know the theological terms. Justification is a theological term. And justification is a word used in the Bible a lot. And so, Fantastic. let me do this. So if we're to be justified, and that word is, uh, you know, is 1344, I'm going to just do a quick count. That's justified, okay, 1344. It occurs 40 times. 
and uh, in, in the New Testament. Mm. And, you know, there's other forms of the word that are going to be used. But the point is that uh, it's biblical. And justification is a legal declaration of righteousness that occurs by faith. You go to Romans 4, 1 through 6 on that. And so I always ask them, you know, now when I talk, when I, when I talk to them, I talk slowly. You, I'm talking quickly. But I say to them, what is justification? And then they, you know, if they get it right, I okay, good, you got it right. If they didn't get it right, I have to go through Romans 4, 1 through 6 with them and teach it to them. It's a declaration of righteousness. How is it obtained? By faith or by faith and something you do? And if they say by faith only, good. That's what Romans 4, 5 says. To the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. And if they're going to require any works or ceremony, circumcision, baptism, observing a whatever it is, then it's a cult. Furthermore, mm-hmm. you need to memorize this address, Colossians 2.16. Therefore, I've already got it memorized. Oh, you're good. Okay, let me read for everybody else then. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival, which is yearly, a new moon, which is monthly, or Sabbath day, which is weekly. So they're not to judge you on those things. Okay? Right. For that's that's the shadow of the things to come. Christ is the substance. (laughs) That's right. And also, here's let me give you a theological point. I know I'm going quickly, but look. If they say they have to be keeping the law in order to be saved, then they're still under the law. In Romans 7, 1 through 4, the first four verses mm. in Romans 7, you should study. If you've died, you're right. freed from the law. But we've died with Christ, Romans 6, 6, Romans 6, 8, Colossians 3, 3. Therefore, we're not obligated to keep the law. Simple. Okay. Fantastic. That's so helpful. Matt, I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, man. God bless. No problem. I deal with these guys a lot, or, you know, and variations of a lot, okay? It's a cult. Okay. All right? Yeah. Okay. All right. More. All right, man. God bless. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Now, let's see. We've got enough time, I think, uh, for Clarice. Second Peter uh, topic. Let's go. we got about two minutes in the show. What do you got? Um, I probably need more than that. So, um, do you okay, have an after well. show? <laughs> do you That's have an okay. after show? What do you got? Show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and Second Peter, I just want to know what you believe the Bible teaches in Second Peter two, verses say eighteen through twenty one, twenty two. Do you believe that that is teaches that a person can lose their salvation? No, we can't lose our salvation. Jesus says in John six thirty seven through forty, the "Will of the Father is that He lose none, and so He can't lose any." Well, I know this. I'm just asking. I know this. I agree hundred percent. I'm just asking for you your interpretation of Second oh. Peter two verses eighteen through well, say twenty two. We'll have to do that in the after show. Okay, because we're obviously not going to have enough time to go through all those verses, but they can't contradict what Jesus already stated. He says, "Will the Father that He lives?" Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that. I agree with that. But good. Which is how do I get on the after show? Well, uh, I'm not sure where you are, but uh, what you can do is I'm in North Carolina. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Matt Slick Live. Rumble.com okay. forward slash Matt Slick Live, and the URL will be pasted in there. 
You get in there and just say, hey, where's the URL for the after show? And they'll, they'll give it to you, okay? Okay. We got oh, go. okay, great. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, God bless. Hey, folks, there you go. That was a quick hour. May the Lord bless you by His grace. We'll be back on there tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Have a good evening. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.